Welcome to the She Did It Anyway podcast. I am so excited you're here. This community is all about showing up unapologetically to build the life and business of our dreams, even if we're scared shitless. I'm Marina Middleton. I'm a mom, wife, entrepreneur, personal brand expert, and your no bullshit, unfiltered hype woman who's here to remind you who the F you are. This podcast is all about sharing tangible tools, stories, and a little okay, a lot of tough love to get you out of your own damn way. So you can look back at your story and say, despite all of the obstacles, I did it anyway. Buckle up. It's going to be an amazing ride. Hello, my beautiful human. I am so excited for today's episode. And I was thinking so much about this episode and everything that I wanted to cover because I realized that it is so easy for me to gain credibility as a brand and business strategist simply based off of the work that I've done, the education that I've received, the companies that I worked with and for. For example, I graduated with a bachelor's in marketing and communications and minored in fashion from Johnson & Wales University. I worked in wholesale right out of college and the job after that was at Yahoo as a senior account manager. And during my time at Yahoo, I held different positions for Yahoo, Yahoo News, and Tumblr, and developed digital media campaigns for some of the most recognized global and Fortune 500 brands. I've been featured in numerous publications, including Yahoo News and Yahoo Finance, and I was named one of the top 10 successful entrepreneurs to build their businesses during the global pandemic. And as of recently... I led my own mentor session at Create and Cultivate talking about building, monetizing, and scaling your brand. So I feel like on paper, I would say I'm pretty cool. (laughs) But when I'm thinking about credibility with you, especially this podcast, I don't think about all of that stuff because I don't think that stuff actually matters. I think what actually matters is how I got here and how freaking messy it was to get here. And, you know, there used to be a point in my life where sharing my story was the hardest thing for me to do. And honestly, maybe that's how you're feeling now. But for me now, sharing my story is one of the easiest things for me to do. And honestly, I look forward to it because sharing it allows me to show up authentically and vulnerably. Like it allows me to open up in a way that I never used to be able to before. And when I talk to a lot of the amazing women on social or at events, they're always like, how are you so comfortable sharing your story? And I think I've gotten to this point in my life where I'm so comfortable sharing it is because for the longest time, all I really talked about was that first part of my story of, oh, these are my wins. These are my credibility. These are the things that I've accomplished. Like, And I just couldn't relate to anyone. Like, I truly could not relate to anybody. And it wasn't until I opened up about my story that I ended up building such stronger relationships and better connections, like truly made better connections with other humans when I was sharing the things that made me very uncomfortable. So let's kick it off. So I was born in Egypt, Cairo, Egypt. I am a hundred percent Egyptian. And the memories that I have 
from Egypt were honestly, majority of them were traumatizing. I mean, I remember breaking my arm. I remember my family and I, my parents and I, because I'm an only child, getting kicked out of our house because my grandmother accidentally signed the lease to our place away. And I just don't remember it as being this happy time in my life. And I was so young. And now being 31, thinking back to that, I'm like, wow, that alone left me with so much trauma. But my parents and I moved to Massachusetts and we were in and out of family homes for, honestly, I believe like a little over five years. We really, really, really struggled financially. And I always associated happiness with money. I always felt like once we have enough money, we'll be happy, right? Once we have this house, my mom always dreamt of a house with an island in the kitchen. Once we have that, then we'll be happy. And that obviously that, that belief stuck with me for so long. And I know many of us still feel that way. And at times I catch myself also feeling that way. Uh, My parents and I, we grew up in a very, I grew up in a very religious and super strict household. I have amazing, amazing parents. And as immigrant parents, they were working so hard to make sure that I had the best life. And the majority of my upbringing, I just remember myself getting bullied. And I remember telling my parents, and again, as immigrant parents, they just like truly did not know how to handle it. And they just kind of pushed it off. Remember my mom always telling me like, just pray for them, just pray for them. God will forgive them. And I needed tools. I I needed people to support me in getting through the bullying at school. And I was bullied for so many different things. I mean, it could be the way I looked. I had a unibrow. I went to Catholic school. My mom wouldn't let me shave my legs. And the boys were like traumatizing me for that. And I... I just remember always, again, having these beliefs that, oh, I'm not pretty enough. If I'm pretty enough, then I won't be bullied. If I you know, do my eyebrows, then I will be liked and cool. And looking back, I'm just like, oh, I just wish I could talk to that little girl and let her know it's not all dandy once you do your eyebrows, girl. <laughs> but... I I found myself really trying to do everything I could to fit in. And I didn't really ever know how to use my voice. That trickled into high school where I struggled again to find friends. I mean, I had friends, but I was just making terrible decisions because of this lack of confidence. And then I went to school at Johnson & Wales and I joined a sorority, Phi Sigma Sigma. And... That lack of confidence still stuck with me. But what was really interesting that I found, and I wonder if you do this as well, but I was pretending to be confident throughout college and I was truly, truly struggling. I was struggling with having my own opinions. I was struggling with coming off too strong at times because I felt like that's how I'm going to be respected or listened to. And fortunately, you know, one of my best friends is from college and I'm so grateful for her, but I just remember feeling like I couldn't really connect with that many people, even though I was in a sorority. But I will tell you, being in a sorority was the first time that I was in a true community vibe of just women supporting women. 
and not everybody supported you, but it was this little community that I felt really safe in for the most part. And when I graduated, I felt like, whoa, I don't have that anymore. Like once I left college, I was like, I do not have that that community. I don't have my people, especially because everybody that I had met, all of my friends lived in New York and Jersey and I'm from Boston. So everybody was all over the place, Florida, Cali, I mean, just everywhere. And I remember after college, I really, really wanted to find that sort of community again. In college, my freshman year, I met Matt, who's my husband now. And it's just funny thinking back about it because we're so different. And once he graduated, I was a freshman. He was a senior. Once we graduated, we didn't talk for eight years. And, you know, that will be another story for another day. But I actually met Matt in college. And so once I graduated, I had this dream of living in New York City. And I had zero money saved. I worked throughout college, which was crazy, but I worked and I remember I worked more. I say it's crazy because I worked more than I actually went out. Like my whole college, my four years of college, I spent working. And I remember leaving with zero dollars. I'm like, where did I spend all of this money? But you're a college student. And so I can't tell you what I spent my money on, but it was definitely not saving it. And so when I graduated, I wanted to move to New York. I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? And I remember I got a wholesale job at a company called Skip Hop. And I was barely making money. I think at that point, I was making 40000 a year. My rent in total, I think, was like 20000 a year. I'm just rounding up. So please don't like, you know, hold me to those numbers. But like 20000 a year and... I, my rent and utilities, I was like in the negative every single month. I mean, it was horrendous. And I always, again, felt like if I don't have money, I'm not happy. And I realized that, again, this relationship with money was stemming from how I grew up when I was younger. And you know, I, I kept struggling and got worse before it got better. I lacked so much confidence. You know, I think back to it now and it's just crazy to think about how often we associate our value to these external factors, money, how our body looks, relationships, like other humans, accomplishments. It's just, it's always dependent on something else. And this lack of confidence and I definitely did not have any sort of like self-love to myself and my body. And I, I had this thought that if I have abs, then I will feel amazing. And so I started fitness competitions and right out of college, right when I moved to New York, I started doing NPC fitness bikini competitions and it took over my life. And I mean, there were so many amazing memories from it. The drive that I had, the the focus, it was something that I still look back to that day and I'm 
always like, wow, I'm so proud of myself for being able to do that. I just wish that I didn't feel like I had to do that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, so I did fitness competitions for three years. I was nationally qualified. And I remember meeting some of the most amazing, amazing humans while I was competing. And I felt good to an extent. I found like, I found myself developing body dysmorphia towards the second year that I was competing. I always felt like I'm not tone enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't look as good as the other girls. And it was just became very toxic. And at that point, I wanted to start working with sponsors. And so I started reaching out to some sponsors. And I ended up finding myself in what started to be a fun relationship that turned very toxic towards the end. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this is just short term. This is short term. You know, once I end this relationship then I can do this. Then I can move on. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll, I, this is just fun, you know, and I didn't take it seriously. And I remember looking back at it now, I felt like a, every single decision that I had made throughout my life that taught me very, very, very strong lessons all stemmed from times that I really lacked confidence, all stemmed from times that I didn't speak up for myself. All of the lessons that I have learned stemmed from times that I could not be fully myself. And so that toxic relationship escalated and I found myself pregnant. Within months of being pregnant, I was married and divorced. And I remember thinking, there is no way that this is why I was put on this earth. There's no way that this is how my life ends. This is no way that this is how my life plays out. Being this single, broke, 23-year-old girl living at this point, I moved from the Upper East Side to the Bronx. There is no way I'm living as a 23-year-old, single mom in the Bronx, by myself, broke. Like My parents worked way too hard for me to have that be my story. And I remember thinking back to all of the things that my parents have experienced, you know, coming here from Egypt. My dad had been diagnosed with throat cancer when I was younger. He got his voice cord taken out. And these are all things that just like was like swirling through my head of like, I cannot let my parents down. I have to figure this out. And I remember once I started going to the doctors more for Sebastian and really hearing his heartbeat, I was like, this is no longer about just making my parents happy. I am responsible for a human. But I will tell you, I, that feeling did not kick in until I had Sebastian. So again, fast forward, I, I spent most of my pregnancy in the Bronx working at Skip Hop, commuting from the Bronx to Chelsea. I ended up moving home in 
a couple months before I had Sebastian. So like September, October, I spent the rest of my pregnancy at home, which was so amazing. It was so peaceful. I just loved it so much. And it just showed me like my parents, you know, as an Egyptian only child, I literally thought my parents were going to disown me. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to have anybody. And the complete opposite happened. They took me in and they were just constantly there by my side. And it's just the sweetest thing. So yeah, so September, October, I moved home and I finished out my pregnancy at home and I had my my beautiful son, Sebastian. And I remember going through labor and I had my mom just sitting there in front of me with my aunt. Like, why was my aunt there? I have no idea. <laughs> and this random doula, like I was 23, I didn't know what a doula was. And she was like a volunteer that the hospital just gave me and she would just give me blankets and jello if I needed it and it's just so funny thinking about my birth story because again that will be another episode (laughs) but thinking about my my birth story of like this is just crazy like 23 I had no idea what I was doing and I remember coming home with Sebastian actually I remember them taking him throughout the feedings at the hospital I'm like this is amazing and so when they told me I had to go home I was like wait what like what do you mean (laughs) and so I remember coming home with Sebastian and my mom was getting stuff out of the car and she had helped me carry him in and I sat on the couch and he sat at the end of like at my foot in the car seat and I remember looking at him and I was like holy fuck we gotta do this like we gotta figure this out that was the one time in my life to this date where I felt this overwhelming, this overwhelming like wave of emotion, wave of emotion come over me. And it was like, at that moment, I was like, everything is going to change. And it did. Like it did. And I took the year off of work. I had my maternity leave. I put my two weeks in after. I worked out. I woke up. I got ready. I worked out. I took care of Sebastian. I was in therapy. I mean, that year was 100% dedicated to me. And that was when I saw that there was a job opening at Yahoo. And in my toxic relationship, I was told that I will never ever land a job like the one I landed at Yahoo and that I will never be capable to have my own marketing agency, which is a dream that I had ever since I went to college. And I believed that until I had my cousin who previously worked at Yahoo refer me to the job. I landed the interview and I went through this four hour panel, very intensive Yahoo interview and I got the job. So I believed that person when they told me I couldn't do it until I got the job. I was like, yeah, I guess I couldn't do it. But during that time, I realized since 2013, I have been, I've been sharing everything on social You know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I know this, I know this story. It's because since 2013, I have been sharing my life. And 
I started working with brands while I was still working with Yahoo and I would work with Afterpay and Rent the Runway and a bunch of cool brands, Tula. But I never thought about actually going out on my own. And I probably would have never gone out on my own if I didn't get laid off. So I started working there 2017, beginning of 2017, December of 2019, I got laid off. And at this point, uh, Matt and I were engaged, we were living together. And I remember getting the call and I was terrified. And I just kept thinking like, what the fuck? Like, I really was like victimizing myself now that I look back at it. I just kept feeling like shit just keeps happening to me. Like crappy shit keeps happening to me. And I stopped thinking about how much I've overcome. Like I I didn't think about, well, Marina, you came here from Egypt with nothing. You struggled through some intense, intense bullying You struggled financially, got into this toxic relationship that literally left you a single mom married and divorced at 23. You figured that out, right? You figured all of that out and you landed a job that was at the time your dream job and now you're laid off. And rather than thinking, wow, this is a fresh start. I'm going to do something amazing. I, I mean, I was hysterical. I was heartbroken. And I feel like getting laid off is so humiliating. And it's, it shouldn't be. And I always, they always tell you, like, don't take it personal. But it was so personal. Life is so personal. And so I remember calling Matt. And I was so scared of what he was going to say. And he was so supportive. And he was like, this is your chance. Like, you've been saying you want to go out on your own. Like, let's do it. And... I did. And I did. I I think I got laid off on a Monday, on Tuesday. I had a plan. And that plan has changed and it's it's evolved and it's been so such a beautiful ride. And I truly believe that I was only even given that opportunity to go out on my own fully is because I've been so open about who I am and I've built my personal brand since 2013. And I had so many different options. I decided I wanted to be a lifestyle content creator and then I changed my mind and then I did speaking presentations and then COVID happened. And then, I mean, it's been such an evolution and a beautiful, messy, messy ride. And now looking back or now looking at Empowered Confidence, I'm like, wow, this is a full-blown personal branding agency that supports women in building their brand and building their confidence. And every single thing that I stand for is truly the foundation of my business. And so, you know, when I think about sharing this with you, my biggest hope is that I really want you to focus on being so proud of who you are and your story and your experiences through life and your lessons and I find that we tend to talk about our wins and our accomplishments and our degrees because that's what we think people want to hear. But those aren't the things that truly, truly, truly connect us with one another. Can you imagine I just end my episode of after I was talking about how I spoke at Create and Cultivate and I was in these publications and I went to school for so... Like, you wouldn't care. It's like, okay, cool. And... 
it's such a beautiful experience. Life is, right? Life is so beautiful. And it hits us in all different ways. And it's messy, but it makes us who we are. And so I want you to just feel so proud of who you are and realize that it can be messy and there can be setbacks and there can be fear, but you can do it anyway. And there was a quote that I want to leave you with and it said that I saw it online. I don't know who the author is. It said, never think that what you have to offer is insignificant. There will always be someone out there that needs what you have to give. And I would love, I would just love to get to know you better. And so if you can send me a DM and let me know that you listened to this episode, but better yet, I have a challenge. I want you to share one thing about yourself that you are proudest of with me that will confirm that you listened to this episode. I hope that you know that you are amazing and the things that you've experienced in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the lessons, the accomplishments, all of the things, that is what makes you you. And that's your superpower. That's the most amazing thing about you. And it would be a shame if you only knew me for my degrees and my accomplishments. It would be a shame if you only knew me as the girl that worked at Yahoo and not that girl that used to live in Egypt and met her now husband in college and was struggling financially and was a single mom at 23. It'd be a shame if you didn't know those things about me because that's what makes me me. And I can't wait to hear what makes you you and your proudest moment. I'll see you next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please post it on your social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing it with your community. Don't forget to listen to our shakeup episodes that drop every Monday. These are mini episodes to help you start off the week feeling confident, capable, and the badass that you are. And don't forget, no matter what, she did it anyway. You did it, mom.